What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 11th episode of The Crossroads, celebrating 20 years of the Xbox brand. My name is Ryan Turford, and this is the show where we're counting down the months to the 20-year anniversary of the original Xbox, with 50 of the best games to play on the console for both new and experienced owners. We dive into the brief history of each game and talk about what makes them awesome. As always, we'd love your feedback on this and all of our shows over on Twitter at the Xbox Drive, or you can reach out to me directly anytime at Ryan Turford. Now, on this week's show... We're talking about shooters a little bit because it's been a while since we talked about a shooter on the show, um, pretty much ever since uh, we talked about James Bond near at the beginning. And I mean, circling back to James Bond, you know, back in the late 90s, one of the biggest games around was GoldenEye 007. Of course, this kind of changed the fate of first person shooters on consoles forever um, with its release back in 1997. Um, and what was kind of crazy about this was it basically took a genre that didn't really exist on consoles and made it fit there, which again is the main reason why people really praise GoldenEye. It's got other uh, great features, but again, GoldenEye is not our game today, so we're not going to uh, dive too deep into this. But the reason I bring up GoldenEye is not just for no reason. It is because of the creators of this week's game, which is Free Radical Design. Now, Free Radical Design was a company that was formed just a year in 1998 after the release of GoldenEye 007 with a lot of former Rare developers that actually left Rare after GoldenEye came out to basically form their own studio to just work on shooters because um, other than Perfect Dark, as many people know, Rare's whole thing is is not just shooters, whereas most of the people who went to go work at Free Radical, that's all they wanted to do is they wanted to continue work on shooters, um, even though we got Perfect Dark shortly afterwards from Rare. Um, for the most part, their trajectory behind that wasn't really with shooters. So um, that's the main reason why Free Radical exists. So um, after Free Radical basically founded as a company in 1998. They released their first game in 2000, which was actually a PS2 launch title, if you can believe it, called Time Splitters. It was a first-person shooter, very, very, very similar to GoldenEye, actually, but just without the GoldenEye name, essentially. And it uh, it pulled a lot of visual aspects, um, as well as uh, aspects of the different weapons into GoldenEye, into uh, Time Splitters from GoldenEye. And uh, it was a really interesting game, especially because... The first gen of the, the PS2 launch titles, none of them really stood out at all. And Time Splitters actually was the one game, besides maybe uh, you could argue SSX actually stood out a little bit. But Time Splitters was like the one game that really stood out from the PS2 launch and tried to do something different. It tried to bring, again, like a, a GoldenEye-esque shooter to the PlayStation consoles. And it was uh, really cool to see something like that on a PlayStation console. But... Two years after that, in 2002, we got Time Splitters 2, which is arguably the best game in the series and probably Free Radical's best game. But we're not here to talk about that game today. That the story about Time Splitters 2 is for another day. We're, we're not going to bore you about that right now. Instead, that brings us to today's game, which is 2005's Time Splitters Future Perfect. Um, essentially, what ended up happening was after. Um, the split from Rare when Free Radical was formed. They mostly were, were pairing with IDOS, and IDOS actually held um, a lot of the, the rights to, to Time Splitters for a while. Um, but eventually, uh, they were able to partner with EA to actually bring us this release, which is Time Splitters Future Perfect. Um, a game that is very weird, very odd, 
uh, kind of like all the Time Splitters games are. Um, and again, it kind of still has a lot of that GoldenEye lineage from, from the GoldenEye 007 days. You can definitely see it on display here, but it's probably the most refined version of the, of the Time Splitters formula. But I'm going to dive into all that stuff right now. Now, in case you haven't played it, Future Perfect picks up immediately after the end of Time Splitters 2, as Sergeant Cortez crash lands on Future Earth after receiving the Time Crystals from the space station at the end of the last game. However, he finds that the Future Earth is being overrun by the Time Splitters, which are a time-traveling alien race that is bent on destroying the human race using the help of the Time Crystals. Sergeant Cortez is sent back in time in order to stop the Time Splitters and to protect the Time Crystals from falling into enemy hands. Across all the Time Splitter games, the story has never really been a huge focus of these games, and that isn't really different with Future Perfect. However, its story is very goofy in a good way, and I found it actually quite enjoyable to play through with some good jokes peppered throughout. The Future Perfect campaign is still really fun to play in spite of its story, and it's definitely well worth a playthrough. It also helps that visually, Future Perfect actually still really holds up today, especially when it comes to its character models. I mean, when I was revisiting this game for the purpose of this podcast, I was actually very surprised as to how well this game actually holds up uh, from a visual standpoint. I think the environments obviously are, are, are starting to show their age, but the character models in particular, like, still really look, look good. Again, they're kind of almost, they're not trying to go for this realistic style. They're going for almost like this, like, cartoony 3D animated kind of style. Uh, I mean, they're not like super comic booky or anything like that. They're kind of like this nice like balance between that and and re reality um, to give us kind of a, a nice overview. But yeah, I was really surprised. I mean, that being said, when I think about it too, this game was released in late 2005, right when the Xbox 360 was coming out. So in a lot of ways, it makes a lot of sense. But I would argue this game visually today is probably more appealing than a lot of earlier 360 titles, if you can believe it. Again, a lot of people were still trying to learn that tech and, and learn what it meant to do an HD game. Um, and this game only runs in 480p. So, I mean, you're not really getting like super visual fidelity with this one, but it just the the art style that they went for in this game it's still visually appealing today. And it was cool to actually go through the, the zany campaign that this game has. Again, there's a lot of like weirdness to it and zaniness to it. And there's definitely some like British humor on display. Cause again, this is a British studio. Um, and honestly, I had a lot of fun going back to it. It has like a, a, a small level structure. You can actually beat it, you know, in a few hours. So, I mean, it's not going to like take forever to go through this game, but it was a lot of fun actually replaying the game. And uh, it definitely made me think about this game a in a lot higher light than I, I was before, where Time Splitter 2 was always my favorite of, of the three games. And uh, it was mostly for the multiplayer that I loved Time Splitters 2, whereas Future Perfect, I think, definitely nailed it more on the single player end, especially if you're going to revisit them today. I definitely think that this one holds up much better. Uh, of those of the time splitter games if you're going to replay any of them um so yeah i really enjoyed my time with future purpose campaign the gunplay also perfectly reflects the tone of the story as it has a very arcadey feel to it you have standard weapons like pistols machine guns and rocket launchers two more zany weapons like the ghost gun trank gun and harpoon gun there's no real shortage of weaponsry on display here Depending on the time period your character's in, you'll have access to different weapons and equipment available to you, and it keeps the experience feeling fresh throughout. This all culminates in the game's excellent multiplayer mode, which, while it supported Xbox Live support back in the day, it's now playable offline in split screen with up to 16 people using System Link. 
There's also a robust bot system that allows you to play the multiplayer suite alone or with friends versus bots. And I can confirm that I totally got hooked on it when we were visiting the multiplayer when preparing for this podcast. Yeah, like I, I don't know uh, what, what came over me, but when I was capturing the footage for this uh, for the purpose of the video, but also just revisiting the, the game in general to, to talk about it, I like fell down a deep rabbit hole with the, just playing multiplayer with bots. Like I had a ton of fun playing it still. Um, again, you can customize all the bots with like different strengths and attributes. Again, kind of like the strengths and attributes that you didn't see uh, like on the outset in something like GoldenEye. Uh, but you have like shorter characters that are a little harder, harder to hit, for example. You've got larger characters that are like the Jaws character, but they, they can take more hits. Um, and yeah, it was just so cool to go back and play this 2005 like multiplayer suite offline with bots and still just have a good time with it. Like it was like I was playing a, a multiplayer game with my friends just without my friends there, obviously. So you don't get that social aspect, but it was still really fun to revisit it. And I do, do think that if you do have some friends around or if you've got some family members around, it could probably be a really fun game to play split screen still. Like I can imagine that you could have like a really fun like system link party with this game if you wanted to. Um, it's one of those shooters that I do think the multiplayer actually rolls really holds up really well. Again, if you're looking for more of that like Quake 3 arena, like arcade style multiplayer experience, more like that or like Unreal Tournament or something like that. I, I think Time Splitters Future Perfect's multiplayer is really fun. I do think though Time Splitters 2's multiplayer is is a little bit superior to it, but again. Um, when I'm, when I'm evaluating this list, you know, I can't take, uh, the online multiplayer into consideration because, you know, we don't have that anymore to, to work with. So that's kind of a non-factor here. Um, but again, the bot support's really fun. You also make your own levels too, which is cool. So if you've ever wanted to create, recreate all your, your favorite maps from other games, or if you had a cool idea yourself, you also make your own map in this as well. And, and, uh, I mean, that just adds on to the tons of maps that they're ha they have to choose from in this game. So yeah, time splitters future. Perfect. Again, the multiplayer is great. The single player is great. And I think it's just an overall great game that still holds up really well today. Now, if you're looking to pick up time splitters, future perfect today, well, here's the thing. You're going to need an original Xbox to play this one as there is no support for any of the time splitters games on uh, Xbox 360 or current gen. So you will need a, an original Xbox to play these games. But again, uh, if you're watching the footage from the video, this game still looks great, runs great on, three, on original Xbox. So there's nothing wrong with that. You're just going to have to dig out your own machine probably to play with this. That's all for this episode of The Crossroads. You can hit me up on Twitter anytime at Ryan Turford. You also find the Pantsman himself on Twitter at Sean Capri or us on Twitter at The Xbox Drive. Thanks so much for watching or listening to this episode of The Crossroads, and we out. Bye.